0: Greetings. Welcome to Sick Flip. Thank you for coming to the first episode. It feels weird because technically, I already did this episode, but this is this will be the first time you're hearing it. but like I feel weird because I already did this episode and I went and said everything I felt like I needed to say. And then technology failed me. So we're back here doing it again. But for you, it's the first time. And it's the first episode. So thank you for coming to the first episode. Thank you for listening or watching if you are, and I'm excited to finally get this out there and to talk about what we're going to be talking about. So today I decided to dedicate this episode to Miss Rona because you know this is the this is the reason why we're here essentially. This is the reason why we're doing all of this. So I want to give a special thanks to Miss Rona and dedicate this episode to her. Um, And today we're going to be talking about our quarantine watch list. So this is exciting. But first, we're going to talk about what is happening in the industry. So what I have for you today is the Film Festival um, canceled, kind of, possibly, their physical festival, which even I reporting the news, which maybe this is not a good sign, but even I am very confused about what's going on. So apparently... The Cannes Film Festival has decided to do, I guess their festival online. They have screenings that they're going to put out digitally. They're also gonna have like workshop and professional meetings and stuff like that. But they have decided to go online this year. But the language they're using behind it is kind of confusing because some people are saying it's canceled. Some people saying it's postponed. It's being used interchangeably. Not the same word, so I'm kind of confused myself, but it seems as though the physical festival will not be happening, so Cannes Film Festival is canceled, but they're trying to do it digitally. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like for other festivals. I know that the Atlanta Film Festival is supposed to happen a few weeks before the Cannes Film Festival did, and the Cannes Film Festival was supposed to start the 12th, but the Atlanta Film Festival... Push theirs back to, I think, September. Some festivals are going to, are still postponed. Some of them have canceled. I don't know which other ones have canceled, but I'm interested to see how that will affect, I guess, the distribution of movies going forward. Because a lot of movies that come out of the Cannes Film Festival are a lot of the movies that go for, you know, being nominated for Oscars and stuff like that. And since they're generally sticking to the same um, time frame as you know, they would have if they had started when they were supposed to. I don't see that being much of a big deal. But also like the Oscars is up for debate because movies are up for debate right now. But I'm really sad about it happening because like I could have gone, but it is what it is. So that's what our entertainment news of the week segment is. I still have not decided on what I want to name it. I'm looking for suggestions. Please suggest something. Um, And yeah, so let's get to the actual episode. Um, I've been watching a lot of things since being in quarantine and I've actually enjoyed quite a bit. The first few weeks of quarantine, I wasn't liking the movies I was watching. I don't know what was going on. I just wasn't picking a very good, you know, batch, I guess, or everything just ended up being okay for me. But this last few weeks have been really good. And I've been watching a lot of stuff that I really, really like. So yeah, I started off my quarantine watching some movies. And I actually decided to re-watch The Night Of on HBO. And I had seen it when it came out. And I really loved it. You know, I could remember it being really good. And so I decided to watch it again. And I'm so glad that I did because it was like phenomenal. It's really good and well-written. And it's just, yeah, it's just so good. <laughs> um, I love everything about it. I think the acting is phenomenal. The writing and directing is fantastic. The last episode is so good, especially between like the main character and I forget his name. But like that guy, if you watch it, that guy and like between him and the main character, that guy, that guy and that guy, really great. Um, But yeah, I watched that. Absolutely loved it. And then I think I started watching um, True Detectives, which I only watched the first season because I knew that the first season has been like considered the best. And I never actually finished the first season. I also started watching it when it first came out. But I think I got like I fell behind after like the midway point, like after I think the fourth episode I kind of just stopped watching it for whatever reason and never kind of went back and so when I started re-watching tv shows I was like oh I really want to watch True Detective because I want to see what happens at the end and I didn't like I had forgotten how good it was like phenomenally good it was I I was I was just so taken aback by it because I was watching it and I was like this like this is amazing And honestly and truly, after having seen it, I feel like it's one of the best seasons of a TV show ever, I would say. I just think that it's written so well. It's so smart, too, which I mean, like, I guess you can expect from HBO because I don't know, I think HBO brings out some of the best TV shows like of all times. And, you know, you're just... I feel like you're just bound to, like, whatever HBO comes out with in some way, shape, or form. So, yeah, that TV show was amazing. And I just... I It made me start to have, like, a miniature obsession with Matthew McConaughey. Like, after watching that. Because I love his character in True Detective. And so, like, I've just been, like, on a Matthew McConaughey kick. So, yeah, but it was really good. I know a few people were mad about how it ended which I'm gonna spoil how it ended um for this this part I guess but yeah some people were mad about how it ended because they were mad that one Cole which is Matthew McConaughey's character they're mad that he doesn't die which when I was watching people talk about it or like you know reading reviews or whatever I could understand at first where they were coming from but then like the more I thought about it I was like, no, I feel like the ending they gave us was actually like the perfect ending you could get. Some people were mad that Cole didn't die because like, I guess they just felt like that's what needed to happen. But I feel like in this TV show where everything's kind of very bleak and things don't just happen the way that people want them to, in a sense, Cole not dying kind of, it ironically just fits the show. Because, like, in episode one, he talks to um, Woody Harrelson's character, which I forget his name. I think it's Hart. But he talks to Hart about how, like, he believes that the best thing for humanity to do is to, like, walk hand in hand into extinction and and something like that. And, you know, Woody Harrelson's character is like, well, then, like, why don't you just off yourself, essentially? And he's like, well, you know. It's in our programming. It's like human nature to stay alive and to try and fight to stay alive and stuff like that. And so he he says at the beginning of the season that like the best thing to happen to him and the best thing that like he could do for everybody else is to die essentially. And so when you get to the final episode and we're at that moment where he's literally on the brink of death and like in the most, obvious way too like you would watch that scene and you're like there's no way anybody should have made it like there's no there's no way that he should be alive and so when he is alive you're like this does not make any sense but then he's like he himself is like I should not be here because like I could feel myself dying and there was a moment where You know, I I was ready and I accepted like death and I let myself go and I just didn't die. And so he's like, you know, he kind of alludes to this. I wouldn't say even like higher power or higher being, but he kind of alludes to like, maybe there's something beyond me because in my time of, you know, when I should have died, I couldn't. Something beyond me kept me alive. And so, you know, people were mad that he didn't die. And they're also mad that, you know, while he's talking about it's crazy that he didn't die, he kind of comes more towards this belief that maybe something there's something else besides him, um, maybe like alluding to a deity or a higher power or whatever. He doesn't say exactly, which I think is good. But, you know, people were mad that he kind of shed his nihilistic beliefs. But I also feel like that made sense, too, because it's like, Like I said, like if he he's this close to death and he let himself go, but he couldn't die himself, like I feel like anybody would be like, well, then what was keeping me alive? You know, and I don't know, like I just felt like the ending was was perfect. I was happy with it. I felt like it was a good way of not giving you or, you know, Matthew McConaughey's character, the full satisfaction of like him dying and kind of folding into this nihilistic atheistic belief but not in a way where you felt like he denounced his entire character or in a way that you felt like he kind of like betrayed himself in the in the TV show if that makes sense but i don't know i felt like the ending was perfect and i love like the entire season i i like the atmosphere i like obviously the acting is always amazing and the directing is really nice, especially the fourth episode they have like towards the end of the episode. I think it's actually like the last part of the episode. There's a long take and it's like, I don't know, five plus minutes long and it is so action packed, which is like, it's unbelievable when you like actually start to look at it, you realize that it's a long take and it feels so like it puts you at the edge of your seat because you feel like you're watching this crazy thing in real time. You feel like you're literally in this scene with them and it just feels more realistic. But yeah, that scene, chef's kiss. (laughs) So the fourth episode was amazing. The fifth episode was amazing. And then the last episode, which is the eighth episode, those three phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And it's just so good. So I watched that. Loved it. Um, I don't have any desire to watch the other two seasons. I know that they're good. But I know that they're not as good as the first one. And I can't get over the fact that like Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey aren't in it. So I have no desire to watch it from that. But yeah, I watched that. It was absolutely amazing. Then I went on to watch Big Little Lies because, I don't know, I just felt like watching another TV show because um, I don't really watch TV shows that much. I'm usually just like a movie gal and I usually just like to watch movies because I feel like, I don't know, I, I never care to subject myself to like the longevity that is watching a TV show, but now I have all the time in the world, so I might as well watch a few TV shows And sometimes it's nice to like I see TV shows as like a bunch of different movies and I'll watch a TV show. Like what draws me mostly to a TV show is like the idea that I'm watching a bunch of different movies that all have the same general like scheme or sense. So I never feel like I'm like I if I feel like watching a comedy, I can watch a TV show that feels like seven different movies that are all comedies, you know? Whereas like if I'm just watching movies, the energy spikes from each movie. So I could watch one movie that's like a drama and it's not that dramatic and not that sad. And then like I can go to like a comedy and then like the next movie I would go to, you know, it's it's complete tragedy. And sometimes I don't wanna do that. Sometimes I just wanna watch an eight hour season of just pure comedy. I just want to spend my entire day watching pure comedy and I like putting tv shows in the place of wanting to watch bulk movies that I haven't seen before that I know the energy of them going forward. You know does that make sense? Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense but anyways regardless I started watching Big Little Lies and I didn't think I would like watching wealthy, privileged white women go through wealthy, privileged white women problems. But I actually did, to my own surprise. And it was actually pretty good. I was really sad when it ended because I thought that there were three seasons. And so like the second season ended and I loved how the second season ended. And I was like, OK, I'm ready to go to the next season. And there was no third season to greet And so I was very distraught by that. It took me a couple of days to recover, but nonetheless, I still enjoyed the first two seasons. It does kind of make itself believed to be, I guess, more heavier in content. I don't know if that makes sense. Like the energy of it is a bit, I think it leads itself to be a bit heavier than it actually is. It is a drama. The start of the season kind of alludes to a murder So there is like a murder slash death aspect to the TV show, but a lot of the TV show isn't focused on that murder. It's focused on wealthy, rich white women going through those problems, but it's still interesting both with the murder and just talking about the women just because I don't know. I like like dramas that they don't have to, there's not a lot going on. Like I like people just talking and drama ensues and that's exactly what happened. But yeah, it was really good. I'm kind of sad that it ended, and I don't know if or when it will resurface again. Um, I know that they were approved for, like, a third season, but it had, like, the second season, I think, just came out, like, a few months ago, and so they're still in the early process of, like, scheduling to make, to see if they can actually do the third season. Like, they haven't even started filming, I don't think, so... We'll see if it ever gets picked back up. But I kind of needed to. Because the way that the second season ended. Like I want to see what happens after this. But also like. I can see them ending it there. As a way of like. Not wanting to. Confront the aftermath. And it would still be good. So I'm conflicted. Like I really want to see more. But I could be content. With that being the end of the season. Or the end of the TV show. Especially because. I think it was only supposed to go to the first season. It was supposed to be a limited series. But they, I guess, got a really good reception. And they picked it back up for a second season. So it's all up in the air. But I still really enjoyed watching it. It was still a really great TV show. So yeah. After that, I kind of started watching movies again. I came back to my senses. Um, and one of the movies that I f- first started watching at like the beginning of quarantine that also lended to me discovering a new life path that I need to go down, which results in me buying a French Chateau. Uh, This movie helped me find another aspect of my life dream to incorporate, if that makes sense. First of all, I found these, these people, like these British or English people, on YouTube and they bought a French Chateau and were restoring it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to buy a French Chateau. So now I realize that everything I need to do in my life has to result in me buying a French Chateau. And then I watched this movie called Uncorked. And it's on Netflix and it's really good. And it's about a guy who wants to become a sommelier. But his father owns a like barbecue restaurant, essentially. And... He wants him to take over the restaurant when, you know, he gets older and stuff like that. But the son doesn't want to because he wants to become a sommelier. And one, that movie is really good. Two, it made me start thinking about my my French Chateau dream. And I was like, whoa, I need to buy my French mansion. But also, I should start a winery. So I'm not going to say that that's my official dream. I'm not going to say that that's, essentially what I'm going to start doing for the rest of my life but just know that like I'm buying a French Chateau and I might I might have a winery in my backyard that's all I'm gonna say on the matter but anyways back to Uncorked. yeah it was a really good movie I actually really loved it there are some aspects of it that I don't really care that much for especially like the lack of time the film spends with its female characters they could have been fleshed out a lot more but I do think the movie does still a pretty good job of giving them some like humanity and characterization I just wish that they were in there and given more time um, than they are but I think the movie is still really good it's written and directed by a writer director producer of Insecure I'm not sure exactly what his role is but I know that he has his hands in Insecure and I think he does do some of like the writing and directing definitely I'm not 110% sure if he is like a producer of the show but I feel like maybe he is but anyways um he wrote and directed this and you do see a lot of similarity between this movie and insecure um especially with like the way that they transition between scenes a lot of the transitions are like b-roll of the setting and then like contemporary music on top which is like insecure's like signature move so that was interesting to see and to make that parallel but i still think it's a really good movie i think it's like his his debut, his directorial debut, and I was really interested in the storyline. I feel like the plot was really good. I think it was handled um very well. The movie, for the most part, is really interesting. It can drag a bit, I think, just because the subject matter or, like, the general premise of the movie is pretty barebone, and because, like, there's not a lot that goes. Well, there is, but, like, there's not a lot of variety that goes into becoming a sommelier, from what the film portrays. So after a while, you can be like, you can kind of get a bit bored. But I don't think that the movie overall is boring in any sense. Of the word I think it's very much um, pretty interesting. But yeah, I really like that movie. It's been one of those movies that I've actually come back to a lot. It's it's pretty comforting, if I might say. Even though there are some like really sad moments in it. But yeah, I watched that and it was really good. And then I watched this phenomenal movie, which I'll just say first and foremost: in this household, we stand. Sell it in the Spades, point blank. Period. And that's on Black teens, and that's on Black teen representation. Okay. I watched Sell it in the Spades. Phenomenal movie, A plus plus. We love, we stand. Yeah. That movie came out a few weeks ago as well. It's on Prime. It's about this girl named Sella. And she's the leader of the Spades, which she goes to a boarding school. And in this boarding school, there are different factions, as they call them. And they're kind of just like different groups that facilitate in one way or another in some sort of illegal activity. So there's one group that is like the administrator's pet. But they shield the administrative from knowing all the other things that are going on. There's another faction that helps students cheat. So if they want to get an A on an exam or write a paper, they'll help them cheat on that. There's another group that does illegal like partying, I guess. Like I think they do like fake IDs and stuff like that. And then there are the spades and they do drugs. So they help... um, distribute or sell drugs, I guess, of, of any variety, really. And so Sella is the leader of the spades. But the movie starts with her being in her senior year of high school. She's actually in her last semester. And so she's trying to find like a little prodigy to take over her her role as like leader. But she can't find anybody. And then in walks Miss Paloma and the movie kind of centers itself around Sella trying to show Paloma the ropes and trying to show her how to become a leader to eventually give her the the spades to continue on her legacy. Um, And I just found it to be so interesting. I mean, I love movies or TV shows where like, kids or teens are participating in like a, a faux government in a way so like the tv show on netflix called the society they essentially have to mimic like a government i love that tv show and to me selling the spades felt a lot like that or it just it fit into that kind of category of like kids pretending to be in this faux government you know because it's like they're these factions they do this they do that they have their leaders, you work in line with the factions, everything's fine, if you can maintain the peace, you know, and just sort of this like public relationship type aspect as well. Also, which I'm not gonna, I'm gonna try and not talk about it as much as possible in other episodes, because at some point, I'm going to dedicate at least an entire episode to talking about Miss Moonlight just so you know just so that you're worn but I do have to say one thing about it at least in in this episode and it is a factual statement an objective statement but Moonlight set a precedent a new precedent for the way that black filmmakers light and just generally set up a scene for black actors or the black subject and I can definitely see how in this movie they kind of follow that same precedent because it is so it is so beautifully lit um, and so beautifully staged and the cinematography is great the color grading is great but like especially how it showcases its black actors is I think beautiful I think it's so beautiful the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous Um, So I really love that. The acting is great. There were some points that I wasn't the biggest fan of. But I think either most people will not see anything wrong with it. Or they'll also feel like it's not a big deal. You know? Like there wasn't any glaring performing issues that I saw. and There wasn't anything that kind of took me out of the general storyline. Overall it was still really great. I think it was, you know, acted beautifully. And I think it definitely takes a turn like you you think it's gonna go one way and it doesn't and the way that it does go is really I think it's really great it makes you question characters and it makes you kind of see them in a different light but it doesn't do it in a way where you feel like they lose their humanity so you know what happens at the ending it doesn't make you look at them and be like oh my gosh like they're this kind of a person now you're just like this is really bad character judgment but like for I don't know you you for some reason see still a lot of humanity in their characters after all but it's not even like well let me not say that <laughs> I was gonna say it's not that big of a deal, but it is so yeah but um I also heard that it's going to be turned into a TV show, which I'm really excited about. But I wish I knew more about it. Because, like, I've just I've just heard people say, like, oh, this is going to be turned into a TV show. And I want more information because I love the movie so much. So it's like I want to know when it comes out and exactly where they going to start. Because I really want them to give us more time with um, Sela's character. Because, like, I just, I don't know, I just want to know everything about everything. I want to know, like, how Sela got to this boarding school. How she became the leader of the spades. Who came before her. What she had to do. What was her life like before Paloma came along. I want to know more about Paloma's character. I want to know more about the factions. You really don't get enough information about the factions. Um, You get that general overview But I really want to know, like, what each of them do and how they affect each other and the other student body. And I just, I just want to know everything. I want to know what happened to Tila, because they talk about Tila so much. And you do kind of get, they do kind of tell you what happened to her. But like, I want to know, I want to know who she is. I want to know who she is. When does she come along? What exactly happened to her? What effect that has on the spades and everybody else? Cause, you know, the way that they talk about Tila is very vague, but very kind of threatening in a sense. And I just wanna know everything. So I'm excited for the TV show to come out. And I think that a TV show is the best way to handle this because The movie, the movie does a great job of like setting everything up, but you definitely have questions. And so I feel like the TV show is just the best way to come after the movie because I need those questions answered. And because this is a great premise to follow up on. So I'm really excited for the TV show. I wish I knew when it was coming out so I could have something to grasp onto. So I can have more information. But also something to look forward to. But I'm excited for it nonetheless. And I still think the movie is great. As a standalone. So even if the TV show never comes. Or if you've never watched the TV show. You should go watch Silent Fates* Because I think it's a great movie. Phenomenal. Truly. So yeah. I watched that. And then I actually started watching. Funny enough. Um, I actually started watching Teen Wolf. I was scrolling through Amazon and saw it on there. And so I was like, I kinda wanna watch Teen Wolf. Because I watched it when it first came out. I was I was obsessed with it when it first came out. Um, but I think I only lasted like half of the series. Like I think by the third season I was like completely uninterested and never went back to it. And it's crazy because I think it ended in 2017. So it ended not that long ago. And like already watching season one that aired in 2011, I'm like, I wanna see where this takes us because season one is so outdated. It's comical. It truly is. It's just like, it is the most 2011 thing ever. And It's just funny watching it compared to now, like the acting is funny, which I can't, I, I want to get mad at because like, it feels so obvious a lot of times, but I can't get mad at it because I know that like their target audience were tweens and early teens. And like, I know that as a tween in 2011, like I thought that that was amazing acting, so it makes sense, and with, I think the style was just different, like, the way that they would handle teen TV shows, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, I don't know, maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, I don't know, but yeah, the acting is, is, it's interesting, it's pretty funny, the CGI is the funniest thing of all, like, the little alpha wolf, its face looks like a gremlin with, like, less discernible facial features and the hair it the hair is non-existent it just kind of looks like a a a cloud essentially it's very blurry but it's just it looks ridiculous it truly does but like I guess I can't expect that I can't expect much from them because like it was 2011 but I was just watching like watching it and seeing the CGI that is so bad I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is, like, I thought this was genuinely, like, scary when it came out. I thought that that was me. Okay, but, yeah, it's been an interesting ride. It's still entertaining. I will say that. I've been thoroughly entertained. If I'm if I'm genuinely watching it, I'm entertained because the storyline seems interesting. If I'm laughing at it because it looks ridiculous, I'm still being entertained because it's still so, so funny. I just... I don't know, in general, like, it's been an interesting, It's it's been fun. It's been just, like, a fun TV show to watch. Not anything that's, like, too serious. Especially when I feel like just watching something weird and random, I just go and, like, watch Teen Wolf. And I haven't gotten that far. I finished the first season, and I think now I'm on, like, the second season. Like, I think, like, the first two episodes of like the second season so I'm I'm still not that far but yeah I mean I think between the first and second season though it's improved a lot I'm just waiting for the the like the CGI to get better that's what I'm waiting for what year did like CGI break through because I'm, I'm rooting for that year because right now it just looks ridiculous but I mean, it's it's been a fun ride. I have to give him it that. It's been a fun ride. So, yeah, I watched Teen Wolf. I'm still watching it, but I've actually watched some some more things. I started one of my summer classes. It's actually like a May Master class, so it's really short but really intense. And it's had me watch like a few movies every single day, which I mean, you know. They're not the the most interesting movies, I'll say. They're just movies that kind of more so fit in line to, like, the classics of film history. But with that being said, I did watch, surprisingly for the first time, Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. And I'm not surprised that it was really good. I, I like, you know, I knew that it was going to be really good, but it was really good. I did really enjoy it. And I liked how it fit into, you know, what I was learning since I was watching it for class. Um, yeah, what I was learning, they were talking about the kind of like the function of a close up and how Spike Lee uses close ups to convey certain emotions with his characters, but also camera angling. It also talked about. Um, the scene where Mookie's character throws the garbage can into Sal's pizzeria and how that can be seen as um, it's called an attraction which is like essentially like a shocking scene used to invoke some sort of emotional response with the audience and that emotional response is supposed to be like what the director intended in a sense if that makes sense. So it's like, you know, you watch that scene and once he throws it in there, I think the general feeling is kind of like rage, not at him, but for him, because you're just generally mad and enraged from Radio Raheem's death. Um, and then, you know, there's a, a bit of drawback, I think, because even though Sal you know he's not that great of a character. And even though like him and his sons, you know are not that great of people. Or you just know that they're generally like racist to some degree. You still set, spend a lot of time with Sal and him being, I guess like a decent human being that where like, you know, you still have some sort of subconscious care and empathy for him. So that when that happens, you still feel sad for Sal in a way. If that makes sense, hopefully that's what other people were feeling. Like for me, that was it. I felt I felt like they deserved they they were I felt like they were valid to rage and I felt like Sal needed some repercussions for the actions he did to Radio Rahim before he died. Um and kinda sorta not really being a factor in his death, you know? But I'm also like did his pizzeria deserve to be burned down? I don't know. Maybe maybe he could have just been beaten up. But to be burned down, ah, I feel kind of bad. But also, like, I see why. And I understand why as well. So we talked about that. Um, and just, I guess, in general, I really like the, the film. I think it's um, interesting. And, you know, it obviously brings up discussions which I think his movies especially do but I wasn't I don't know nothing was too shocking nothing was that bad about it um I just yeah I just really enjoyed it I thought it was a really good movie and I like what he does with his subject matter I like what his movies are generally about I think that they um do a really good job of starting some sort of dialogue I think it's easy to get lost in his films or to feel like dialogue got lost in his films, but I feel like it's less his fault than it is, like, the viewer's fault, you know? Like, I can see how people can get caught up in, like, thinking it's one way or it's saying one thing, but I think if you start digging deeper into it, you start to realize that there's a lot of dichotomy in his movies, and that he's kind of making arguments for a lot of different things, not just like each argument, like each side of an argument, but he's saying just a lot. And I think in Do the Right Thing, he does do that especially well. Um, But yeah, I watched it and it was great. Um, And then one of the greatest discoveries I've had thus far, which surprisingly enough in like right now in this moment I watched I found out about it and watched it last night and then I woke up today and watched it again and I will probably watch it once I get done you know with this podcast with this episode because it is just so good which is also funny because it is like critically seen as bad like critics do not like it I guess for whatever reason it baffles me I think it has like a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes so like it's low you know like it's not even like the 60% where it's just not certified like it's not even like that like no like it's low like it's considered like rotten um but I absolutely loved it I watched Art School Confidential it's on the Criterion channel and which I'm so sad to hear about but I found it because it was in their um like leaving May 31st little collection I don't know what they're called their little playlist thing and so yeah I was just going through I felt like watching something but I felt like watching something more art house more obscure I guess and so I saw that, watched the trailer and I was like, oh my gosh, this looks phenomenal. And I started watching it and like 20 minutes into the movie, I was like, I absolutely love this movie. And when it finished, I was like, this, like, this is one of my new favorite movies of all time. And I just think it's so good. It's one, it's hilarious. It's about um this kid. His name is Jerome. And he wants to become, like, the greatest artist of the 21st century, as he likes to say. And so he goes to an art school. And one, it's it's hilarious because it's it pokes fun at, like, the stereotypes of an art school and, like, an art student. And the movie is kind of cent- centered around him trying to find his place in like the art world trying to figure out what he needs to do in order to be successful um and also kind of like doubting himself as an artist but also with this like underlying like this background plot of like there has been a string of murders in this town and the murderer just strangles people and so there's like this background plot of trying to figure out who is murdering these people, who the murderer is, what is going on. Um, but also Jerome trying to figure out who he is as an artist. And then he also comes across this other student. I forget what her name is. I can't remember. But he comes across this one girl and he kind of like falls in love with her. And so then it's like this, this movie where he's trying to figure himself as an artist. There's a murder going on in the background. And he's also like falling in love with this other girl um, in his school. And I don't know, something about it is just so good. It looks so beautiful. I absolutely adore how it looks. Um, I looked online because I wanted to know what they filmed on, specifically the camera, but I guess it doesn't really matter that much anymore. But they did film it on 35 millimeter, which you can definitely see in the movie. Um, and I think it looks beautiful. Like, I love the texture of it all and just the the like general color scheme of it. Like the color grading's really nice. Um, I would consider it to be what I called it when I was watching it at the time. It's like a melancholic comedy. Because especially, especially at the beginning, it really hits with like the early 2000s comedy where like, it's just a bit, it's like, kind of ridiculous, where the comedy is kind of ridiculous, people are kind of caricatures. But I don't know, like, it's just it's crazy, but in like a really funny way, but just so like early 2000s even in the comedic moments it keeps this very dark tone to it both literally with like the cinematography but also with everything that goes on around the you know the main character like especially with these murders that adds a bit of like you know like it's not as funny as you think it is even though the way that the murders are handled is very comedic and like there's a scene where you see a murder happening but it's done very comedically but still I think that like there's still a lot of darkness to it that is still really good and oh my gosh oh my gosh the sound the score is absolutely fantastic but not because it sounds good like not because I like songs from it But, like, the way that the movie utilizes sound, one, as, like, a passage of time, but, like, two, and more importantly, to convey feeling is genius. It is absolutely genius. I don't know why people hate this movie so much. Like, the more I sit and think about it, the more I'm like, this is a phenomenal film. I don't know why everybody hates it. I absolutely love this movie, I think it is genius, I think it is genius, so, yeah, the sound as feeling, it just, it really, it really strikes you at your core, especially when you're watching the movie, like, I can't, I can't describe it to you, because you have to watch it, and you have to listen to it, and you have to see how they use sound to convey feeling, and, like, it just it just makes you feel everything that the characters are feeling more extreme i don't like i, just, I don't want to say anything about it cuz it's so good but there's like there's one scene where the main character is kind of like heartbroken which i mean i feel like we all know this was going to happen but like the way that the way that they just use sound they use a very beautiful instrumental which i think instrumentals in movies is always the right thing to do. I love like a purely instrumentally scored film. And the way that they use that instrumental in there is amazing. I felt so sad in that moment. Like I just felt everything so intensely. And it it's just so good. It was just so good. Like, I can't describe how much I love that movie. And I've only watched it twice. And I only saw it last night. But I absolutely cannot get enough of it. And it makes me so mad that, like, nobody I know has seen it. And not a lot of people have seen it. And so, like, I just want to talk to somebody about it. And I just want to go back and forth. Because I just think that it's so good. And I want to see if other people, like, if if it's not well received by other people, I don't really care. I just want to see why people don't like it. Because, again, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, how do, y- how do y'all not like this? Like, how do y'all watch this movie and not like it? It doesn't make sense. But I don't know, man. It's everybody's loss. Um, it was directed by, I think his name's. Terry Ziggoff, Um, he did, he did, he directed the documentary for the documentary Crom, which I haven't seen, but I heard is really good and really twisted. And I kind of want to see it. Um, He also did Ghost World, which I also haven't seen. This is actually the first movie of his that I have watched. Um, But I know that Ghost World is also on the Criterion channel. And I think it's leaving at the end of the month as well. I don't know if Chrome is on there though. But I'm interested to see both of those movies. Um, because I think they're both highly acclaimed, which again, like I just I don't know why this movie is not. It really doesn't make any sense to me. But regardless, I absolutely loved it. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been watching for the most part. That it's at least the standout stuff that I've been watching. Um I'm really I have a lot more that I need to watch. So now on to my weekly recommendations, which I did not, I forgot with my little first introductory episode, but now that I'm looking at my notes, I intended on calling this part of my segment um, Sig Flick of the Week, which I don't know if I'll ever get down to a singular movie or a singular recommendation. This week I have four. No, this week I have three but you know we might get there I don't know I don't know we can do whatever we want we can have multiple sick flicks I don't care um but yeah my sick flicks of the week or of this episode the first one I have to go with sell it in spades because it is just so good and we love seeing black teens on screen black teen girls on screen black girls on screen we support we stand we love and the movie itself is just phenomenal. It's beautifully directed, cinematography, color grading, immaculate, acting, great. The idea, the premise, out of this world. And like, it's just such a good movie. And we're so excited for the TV show to come out. So, yeah, that's my first recommendation. And that's on Prime. So, if you have Prime, I definitely recommend you go check it out. It's really good. You scientifically you will not regret it. Point like period. So, and then I have for TV shows, I have to give it to True Detective season 1. I love The Nine of, I loved Big Little Lies, but True Detective takes the cake. I think that like the writing is just so smart and it is so compelling the characters are so interesting and layered and the story takes you for a ride that you you really don't expect it to. Um and I think every like every minute of the season is worth watching. I don't care if you watch the other two seasons, that that's beyond me at this point, but you have to watch season one. You have to watch season one. Oh yeah. True Detective is on HBO or it's through HBO you can watch I guess on whatever but if you got HBOs on HBO you can watch it on HBO and then my last recommendation I have to give it up for Art School Confidential I just want people to watch it I just want people to watch it so that I can talk to people about it I don't care if you hate it I don't care if you also love it if you love it let's start a fan club honestly and truly if you hate it that's perfectly fine with me I just want to know. I just want to know what people are thinking about this movie. Like, I just want to know what other people are thinking because I'm confused as to why people don't like it. I don't see what all these other people are seeing. And so I'm going to recommend it. If you don't like it, then, you know, at least tell me why and I'll respect your opinion, maybe. But I think it's phenomenal. If you have a subscription to the Criterion channel, absolutely check it out absolutely check it out but you have to check it out before the 31st of May 2020 because it's leaving at the end of this month but yeah go check it out i think it's phenomenal it's hilarious it's sad it's beautiful it's so many things but it's it's great it's great at the end of the day but yeah that's this week's episode. Hopefully you had as much fun as I did. It still feels weird to be refilming this and to be saying thoughts that I've already felt like I said. But nonetheless, I'm excited to be here. And I'm really happy for you to be joining me on this ride on this journey we're gonna have. And I look forward to talking to you next week. So peace out, Girl Scout.